Hey friends, and welcome back to the rest of the sermon, a deeper dive into the weekly lessons I share with my congregation. As always, if you'd like to see the message that precedes this podcast, you can find that link down in your show notes. I am happy that you've joined us this week. This week's episode is going to be a little different. Um, This week's sermon was a little different. We took uh, a little bit of a left turn uh, from Malachi and uh, took some time to address uh, what is going on in our country. The... uh, the quest for justice in the face of injustice, uh, especially along racial lines. And so uh, today I wanted to share with you uh, a couple of things. First, my experience at a rally, at a protest uh, in a neighboring city where my church is in the same county. Uh, And then also I wanted to spend a few minutes talking with you about if you are someone who Uh, are not uh, a person of color, are not a minority, but instead are Caucasian or or white, uh, and you would like to be an ally, uh, I want to talk with you a little more about what that might look like. So first, my experience at a rally. I I had no idea exactly what to expect other than I expected that it would be completely peaceful uh, and a uh, an uplifting event, and I was not disappointed. I showed up. The rally was to begin at 8. Myself and a church member uh, arrived about 10 after 8, and they had uh, called folks together there on the in the front parking lot, the front lawn of the police department in the neighboring city in the same county, uh, close to where my church is. After uh, they called folks together, they, they started the protest, the rally, if you will, off with a prayer. Uh, and it was, it was great. It was a good prayer. Uh, after that, a few clergy spoke. Um, I did not speak there, but a few clergy from that city did speak. And then something very interesting happened. You see, one of the reasons I wanted to go was because I knew that one of my congregants, one of my uh, church members, uh, is on the police force. Um, and I knew that he was going to be present. Uh, he runs the, the SWAT team for the county, and so I knew that he would be nearby just in case. Again, no expectation that anything would happen, but I wanted to be there for two reasons. One, because this is a movement that means something to me. It means something to me because it's a movement um, that I've followed uh, in a lot of ways uh, for a long time. Um, and we'll say more about that in a, in a few minutes. But the other reason it's really important to me is because I have three children. And if there's nothing else that I want more in this world, I want for my three children to grow up uh, and to live in a society that is better than the society that I live. And I think that's a common uh, desire, a common interest, interest among parents. And so I was there to show support Uh, for this police officer um, and other police officers. Um, As you'll hear in the sermon, as you've heard uh, me say in a few videos that I've recorded, if you are following our our Facebook page, the church's Facebook page, I've been torn, uh, and I guess I even mentioned this in the last episode, because I know I understand that uh, not all police officers are bad, just like not all pastors are bad, or not all lawyers are bad, or not all, you know, pick your whatever you want to put in there. Uh, there, there are always, because of 
the nature of human sinfulness. There are always bad apples, if you will, and none of us uh, are as innocent as we would like to think that we are. But I understand that, that not all police officers are bad. In fact, the vast majority of them are good and serve for the right reasons. Uh, and so to find ourselves in the predicament where we are now is, is very conflicting for me. Uh, so I wanted to go to this rally and uh, see what it would be like. And so after the initial prayer, after uh, the clergy spoke, uh, both uh, white clergy and African-American clergy uh, spoke, um, the organizer then took a couple minutes to invite all of the police officers to come to the front. If you had anything to do with the police, to come to the front. Uh, and, and at that point, something that I did not expect to happen happened. And that is, as these police officers were walking forward, uh, applause became, uh, began to spread throughout the crowd. More applause happened in that moment than any other time during the entire rally. A show of support, a show of solidarity for police officers, for law enforcement in this community. People recognizing the sacrifices that they make while also recognizing the injustice and brutality that has to stop. And so as they gathered up front, the organizer then asked all teenage uh, or younger African-American males to come forward. And this is where it gets really powerful. Because you see, what happened next was, again, another time of prayer. But this time, the prayer was different. The invitation was for the police officers to kneel, for the African-American young men uh, and teens to kneel with them, and for those who had gathered to pray over these police officers and these young people. And it was a really powerful moment to see a community come together and essentially say, you know, we hear your voice. We hear these voices. Enough is enough. At the same time, we have to realize that we're in this together. And you are not our enemy. You are not the problem. But you can help to be a part of the solution. It was just a really interesting moment. Of course, after that, after that prayer, we... Um, uh, were instructed to turn and to face the police building uh, and then given the opportunity if you wanted to kneel, if you wanted to do something different. Uh, but again, this kind of moment of silence that would last for nine minutes, the amount of time that the officer's knee uh, knelt on the neck of George Floyd. And so that was observed. And during this, uh, another uh, woman sang Amazing Grace during this time of silence. And at one point invited the, the crowd there to, to sing along as well. It was a very, very powerful experience. Um, very uplifting. I left, um, this was Monday, I left Monday evening feeling very encouraged. Uh, the problem though is uh, when I got home, I was uh, met with um, replays of what had played out in Washington, D.C. around the same time, a little before this, this, this rally that I was at, but, but close to the same time. Whereas, you know, I'm sure you know by now, um, our president um, uh, ordered for the park police, the Secret Service, the National Guard, those folks in D.C. 
who were um, guarding the White House uh, against protesters uh, who had been peaceful throughout the day, were peaceful then, um, and still had another 30 minutes or so uh, prior to the curfew that would be uh, set at 7 o'clock for Washington, D.C. The president instructed those uh, individuals to move the protesters uh, so that he could walk to St. John Episcopal Church and have a photo taken. Uh, Of course, as a result of this, we've also seen that there's a video, a video, no doubt, that will be um, part of his campaign. Um, And all that's, you know, all fine and good to a point. What's not fine and good is using tear gas, rubber bullets, uh, other things to disperse a peaceful protest so that you can have your picture taken in front of a church. Uh, Also, not okay that the point of this is to take a picture with you holding a Bible that's not yours, uh, that you didn't even bring with you in front of a church, uh, and the spin that gets put on it. You didn't go to meet with the pastor. You didn't go to listen to those who are grieved, who are wounded, who are mourning right now, who are hurting. You didn't go to offer encouragement. You didn't go to do any of those things. You went to send a message. And while maybe your intentions were good, your intentions were pure, I don't know. I'm not uh, the person who is here to judge that or to understand that or unpack that. But what I can say is those actions trampled on the Constitution, Uh, the right to assemble, the right for freedom of speech. Uh, It's just, I I have a hard time because as a pastor, uh, my gut reaction, my gut feeling, and and I recognize I'm probably biased in this and there's probably, um, you know, uh, things, lenses I see this through, but but my, my gut feeling is that you just used the religion that I have dedicated my life to serving, dedicated my life to teaching. You just used it for a photo op for the purpose of trying to garner a few votes. And that doesn't sit well with me. And so this Monday night, after coming home from this impactful event and then uh, being greeted with that, left me very conflicted. You see, I uh, mentioned before um, this movement, not necessarily Black Lives Matters movement, but the, the movement of, of racial justice, racial reconciliation is something that's been important to me going back to college. And in fact, when I was in seminary, uh, we didn't have to write a thesis for that master's degree because you uh, end up with about 60 more hours of actual academic education than other master's degree programs. Um, but if there was a thesis that would have been written, for me, it would have been on the life and preaching of Martin Luther King. I did an independent study on this as well as uh, two other courses uh, focused on the civil rights movement, on his voice, not only as um, the leader of this movement, but as a pastor, as a preacher, as a theologian. And you know, because of this, I felt good. I felt like I had done what I needed to do. I had gone through the, the trenches. I had studied. I had learned. I understood. And this made me a good ally. But Monday night, Monday night opened my eyes to a few things. Monday night opened my eyes to the fact that though I thought I had been a good ally, though I thought I had preached, though I thought I had used my voice to speak out against injustice, I realized 
just how little I have actually said. And probably in trying to be an ally, claiming to be an ally, what I've done more than anything is simply be a stumbling block for those those who need uh, that support more than anything else. And so I made a decision yesterday on Tuesday. I made a decision to say, you know, despite what I've read leading up to this point, despite what I know, despite uh, the study that I've done, it, it would be a gross injustice to me, to my children, to this movement, not to try to study more, not to try to learn more. And so I've decided, you know, those things that I got angry, I got upset with with uh, our president about going to that church and not listening, not reaching out to, not those are things that I wasn't doing either. And so now it's time for me to reach out to those who are hurting, those whose voices need to be heard and need to be uplifted, those who need to be encouraged. It's time for me to listen. And so I've begun... Uh, Reading through, there's lists that are out there that I'm sure you've seen of, hey, if you want to understand what this movement's all about, here are your, here's your primers, here are your books you need to read, here are the people you need to listen to, here are the podcasts you need to hear, here are you know, the, the, the folks you need to follow on Twitter to enter into this dialogue. And so my commitment right now, not only to myself, to those who maybe listen to this podcast, those who are members of my church, my, my commitment is to, uh, is to be involved and not to um, ignore and not to sit around pious thinking that, well, I've done my part or we've done our part. The truth is there's a lot left to be done. And so I'm going to urge you, if you are listening to this podcast, I'm going to urge you to join me. And if that's something you would like to do, what I want you to do is I want you to email me, okay? I'd like you to email me at therestofthesermon at gmail.com. Send me an email, short email that says, hey, I want to join along with you, and here's my email address. And I'm going to get with you, and we're going to uh, talk a little bit about what that means, what it means to truly be an ally. Step number one of being an ally, I mentioned earlier that I was going to talk about this a little bit. Step number one of being an ally is being willing to listen. Not thinking you have it all figured out. Not looking and listening to what media says, what um, <laughs> uh, the talking heads say, but to listen to the people who have been affected by this. It's not to equate protesters with rioters and looters, which I've seen uh, more than my fair share of people doing. Those are two separate things, and no one uh, that I'm aware of condones rioting and looting and the violence that is happening. However, I will tell you that I can understand it. I will tell you that I, I get it. I've seen other folks who have, um, who have lifted up, uh, rightfully slow, police officers who have, who have died during these protests. And I, like I said, rightfully so. And have talked about, lamented the fact that those names will never be, where, where's the outrage over their deaths? And alongside of those pictures of police officers, you'll see the African-American men or the, the people that are arrested and charged with killing that person. And, and I want to say you're, you're, you're showing exactly what this is about. Because that police officer was murdered last night, you're right, and the person who did it or persons who did it are already locked up in jail and charged. Meanwhile, 
The death of George Floyd played out in front of us for nine minutes, and it was three days before one arrest was made. Meanwhile, three other officers are still out free. They were complicit, that watched, that did nothing, that did not answer the call of those in the crowd. You see, that's the problem. No one is arguing that, that if a police officer is murdered, that the people who are responsible for that should not be held responsible. No one is arguing that that's okay. I don't think anybody deserves to be murdered. That, that's the point. But the problem is when you do it and when you know who did it and that you just turn your head or you say, we need to investigate this. What are you investigating? It played out right in front of us. Why is it so easy to arrest two other people uh, within minutes or hours even, but to arrest an officer that we have video proof of what happened? It takes three days. Think about that for a minute. That is the problem. That's the problem we're facing in America, and it goes much deeper than that. We can talk about Ahmaud Arbery, and we could talk about Breonna Taylor and the circumstances around those, and while they're not the same, they are still a part of what this movement is about. And those are three names that have happened in the last three months. Let's not forget the countless names that go on a list for years. And so, friends, as we... Uh, gather around a table. That's what I want to invite you to do, is to gather around a table. To be willing to pull up a chair to the conversation. To be willing to be humble enough to listen. And to say, you know what, maybe I don't have all the answers. I certainly know I do not. I now know I've been convicted. I know, I don't know that I have any of the answers. But (laughs) I sure am willing to listen. And I sure am willing to try to figure them out. Is every step that we take coming up going to be right? Of course not. It never is. Is every step that we take going to be um, one towards justice? Probably not. I hope that it is, but probably not. But one thing I do know, one thing that I'm committed to, is to continue to live my life in a way that my actions, my thoughts, my deeds reflect the love of Christ. And ultimately, ultimately, if we can do that, if I can do that, then at the end of the day, we are one step closer to the justice that we are all seeking. Friends, thank you for joining again today. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your time. This episode's a little longer than most. But thank you for coming around, coming along, being a part, and hearing the rest of the sermon. I do want to encourage you today, if you want to be a part of this dialogue, if you want to be uh, a part of, of, of learning what it means to be an ally, please send me an email. Email me at therestofthesermon at gmail.com. I also want to encourage you, I know that we all have people in our lives that we know need to hear this. They need to hear this message. Whether it's the sermon from Sunday or today's podcast, I would encourage you uh, to share with them. Uh, There are those out there who are looking right now, trying to figure out, what do I do? Who feel very inadequate. And while, again, I don't have the answers, I think if we can come together, we can find the answers. So if you want to join in on that conversation, email me at therestofthesermon at gmail.com. As always, I hope you're well. I hope that you are continuing to wear your masks, to wash your hands, to care for one another, and to remember that God loves you And so do I. Until we talk again, until next week, 
God bless.